Hello, everyone. My name is Nathan. I am a child of God. A grandson, a son, a father, a husband, a friend, a pastor of some of the finest people on God's green earth. I am a representer of Jesus Christ full time. I'm a keeper because he said so. And today, I'm a winner because I am a child of God. And I want you to know because of him, I have a positive ID. How about you? I traveled with a band called Deliverance when I was in college uh, in those years. They went on and sang professionally. But we sang a song that, uh, an obscure song, I guess, that was written by Janie Grind. I don't know if you've ever heard it, but it was called More Than Conquerors. And the words go like this, and then I think I'm gonna have Nate sing a little bit of it a couple times, and if you can get it, sing along. But it goes like this. We've been made more than conquerors, overcomers in this life. We've been made victorious through the blood of Jesus Christ. That sounds like a winner to me, doesn't it to you? But it's all because of him, it's not about us. Nate, would you sing it? And if we catch it, we'll sing along too. We've been made more than conquerors. That's who you are in Jesus. Overcomers in this life. Been made victorious. We've been made victorious. Through the blood of Jesus Christ. By the blood of Jesus Christ. Go back and sing it again. Come on, lift it up. We've been made more than conquerors. We've been made more than conquerors. Overcomers in this life. been made victorious. We've been made victorious. Through the blood of Jesus Christ. Through the blood of Jesus Christ. All right, you're catching it. Nate, I think we ought to do it one more time. One more time. I think you're getting it, okay? Here we go. Sing it one more time. We've been made. We've been made more, more than conqueror. An overcomer by his Overcomers in We've been made victorious, yes we have. We've been made victorious through the blood of Jesus. By the blood of Jesus Christ. Through the blood of Jesus Christ. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. No. Through the blood of Jesus Christ. Is anybody glad about that? the possibility. And if you're not, you can be. Question I have for you, is there anyone today within the sound of my voice who might be feeling overwhelmed by life in any way, shape, or form? Is there some obstacle? Is there something standing in the way of your forward progress? If so, I just want, in your heart, you don't have to answer out, but, but I, can, can you name it? What is it specifically? It may be a life situation. It may be something that you've done. 
that Satan's trying to rub your face in, or it may be something that has been done to you, whatever it may be, here's the good news. With Jesus in Christ, hidden in Christ, the Bible says that we can be overcomers, and I'm translating and simplifying to say that means you can be a winner through Christ. This is true now, and it's true later in the life to come. With his power in us, there is no thing, nothing that cannot be overcome. With his power in us and through us, there's nothing that cannot be overcome. Here's the ultimate win and why we're celebrating baptism today. That's all inclusive. If you're willing, saying yes to Jesus, you'll experience his mercy and grace and forgiveness and love and power and you come into a relationship not just a, hi, how are you, but a relationship with Jesus, following him and following him, there's nothing that cannot be forgiven and covered by his grace and mercy in your life. And that doesn't mean just something that happened 30 years ago, but that means something that happened last night, this morning, this week, last month, whatever the case may be. Let's go to Romans chapter eight and read a couple verses there. What then... Shall we say in response to this, I love it, not just reaction, but what, how are we gonna respond to him and his great love? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? That sounds like an overcomer to me, how about you? 35. And I must say, I've read this over and over and over, and I always read it, what shall separate us? But the Bible says, and I looked at multiple translations, it's who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Don't be looking around blaming anybody for separating you because it's your choice. No one can separate us from the love of Christ. And then it goes on to say, shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Did you see that in the passage? There are seven things that I rattled off quickly. Seven of them, trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, sword. And I wanna tell you that in some ways, all of these are still relevant in our culture and world. The issues before us, the life situations, the challenges are great. They're as great, if not greater, as they've ever been. But he's saying no matter what culture does, I'm the rock that you can stand, that you can build your life on, that you can raise your kids and raise your grands on. How many of you know that's true? He is the unchanging one as we navigate these changing times. Here's the question that I've been asking in this series. Who do you think you are? Who do you say that you are? If you know your positive ID because of what God says, then you'll know what to do and you'll do it no matter what comes at you. Overwhelming victory is ours through Jesus Christ. It goes on in verse 37 of Romans 8. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. That doesn't sound like we just squeak by or get by by the skin of our teeth, does it? In all the circumstances of life, we are more, more than conquerors. It's not about us. It's all about him. He's our power source. He's our one source. But we're winners through Christ who loved us. Our own strength ultimately becomes our weakness it's his strength, it's his strength. More than a conqueror, I emphasize that phrase. 
exceedingly more than, more than a winner, a global champion, an undeniable and decisive victory, not merely surviving, but thriving in this life and the life to come. Do you think I'm just talking out of the air? Do you believe it's possible in this life? I do, through Jesus Christ. I'm talking about God-sized victories, God-sized wins, like Moses and the Israelites versus the Egyptians when God opened and closed the Red Sea and only as only he could do it. Some of you feel like you have your backs against the shoreline of the Red Sea. God has the power to do it then and he has the power to open it now for you. I read recently again a, a story, another extreme story of Gideon and the Midianites and God called him this, this, this weak man who viewed himself in that way and God cut his forces basically from 30,000 to 300 warriors and he called a fearful man, a mighty man of valor. Do you remember that? It's the same God. We're gonna sing that in a little while. We serve the same God. He's not just the God of the New Testament. He's the God of the Old Testament. He's the God of today, yesterday, today, and forever. John 16, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in your circumstances. Is that what the Bible says? No, so that you may have peace in me. Last week we talked about something missing. You can never have peace if someone is missing in your heart and life and that someone is Jesus. Because here on earth, it doesn't say you might have, it says you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. That's the promise of his word. You'll have peace in me, not necessarily circumstances. This doesn't mean not suggesting for a second today that you'll never have difficult challenges and times in your life as we do real life and real time, but it's through Christ we can be more than conquerors. We can be winners. To become more than a conqueror, there must be something to conquer. Would you agree with that? In other words, you're not gonna breeze through a Christ life with no resistance and no tension. There's something to conquer. There's something to overcome. We see it every day. Through Christ Jesus, we have access to resurrection power. We often sing about it. We live in this world, but we live for the next. We lean toward the next as spirit-filled conquerors empowered by his spirit who is in us. That's who we are. I'm talking about who you are if you're in Christ today. I love the emphasis if you read the book of Revelation, the end times and all the things that are happening there. But in verse 12, uh, uh, chapter 12, verse 11a, and they have defeated him, the accuser, I put parenthetically, by the blood of the lamb and by their testimonies. Wow. What a power, a one-two punch, the blood of Jesus. Jesus, the Lamb of God who was shed and died to pay the penalty for your sins and mine and all the sins of the world. And when you confess and repent and turn from your sin and turn to God, you are forgiven through the power of the blood. You are, you are recreated. You are made new. The old is gone and you're headed a whole new direction. That's what new life in Christ is all about. And then we live to share it, to pour our lives out everywhere we go. We live for it to be a testimony. When you say Y2J, yes to the work of Jesus on the cross, you begin a life-giving relationship with Jesus. The Holy Spirit empowers you to say so, to say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. It becomes full-time show and tell, show and tell, show and tell. As you tell, listen, the makings of your testimony, who you were, who you are, 
and what God is doing, and I, and I broke that down to B.C., before Christ, A.C., after Christ, and L.T., that means living transformed. You all have a testimony. You can do it. This is who I was before. This is what happened when I met him, and I gotta tell you what's happening now as I walk with him in relationship, right? So many times we just talk about before, before, before Christ, or when we met him, but we need to talk about the living transformation that's happening here and now. Agreed? A current, up-to-date testimony. I was thinking of testimonies. David, in the Bible, in the Old Testament, a shy teenage shepherd boy, as far as we know, that God chose and called out to fight the giant named Goliath, whom the king uh, and his entire army feared greatly. David approached the king and told him he'd fight the giant, and King Saul wasn't seeing it that way. He was more than skeptical, to say the least. To plead his case, David said, listen, I protected my sheep when they were attacked by lions and bears, and the same God will deliver this giant into my hands. He's not too big to beat. I'm gonna tell you, he's too big to miss. I'll get my stones. Stand back and watch. Powerful testimonies. David was an overcomer. David was a winner and more than a conqueror. In Christ, you and I are the same. Through the power of his blood and through the power of the testimony of his life transformation, right now, you are more than conquerors. Giants will fall. Giants have a name. Yours may not be Goliath, but it may be, seem just as big or bigger. So I just wanna talk about two things specifically as around the corner here. Just two things that we do to be overcomers, to be the winners that God created us to be. The first of all, and I, and I thought about that little refrain that we sometimes sing. There's a whole song that we, don't, we haven't sung, but this is how I fight my battles, okay? This is how I fight my battles. Here's how. Number one, you fight with winning attitudes. An attitude is inside out. It's not outside in. You don't have to have the right attitudes based upon anything external. God does his work from the inside out. Beware of anything that has to come from the outside in. Are you with me? Be leery of anything like that. God does his best work from the inside out. I remember John Maxwell wrote so much, he, he coined the phrase something like this, that, that your, your attitude determines your altitude. And I wanna tell you, spiritually speaking, your attitude will impact your spiritual altitude. Does anybody believe in that today? Many people seem to, these days, especially submit to defeat in their minds before the battle ever begins. I think it was Joyce Meyer that wrote about the battlefield of the mind. A faithless, wishy-washy mindset dominates because much of the battlefield is in the heart and mind. That's where the battle is waged. Second Corinthians 10.5, here's what we do with this winning attitude. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God because that's our purpose for coming to Christ so we can share, so we can pour our lives out for others. Keeps people away from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and we teach them to obey Christ. Wow, what a privilege, what a responsibility. I believe that godly beliefs lead to godly behavior. Faith-filled attitudes lead to faith-filled actions we must change our names. You know, I'm against labels. I wanna say it again. Quit calling yourself by what you were before you met Christ. Check in with him to find out who you are. You're no longer who you were. So we're moving away from the label that our culture says, victim, 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 victim. I wanna move. Let's call ourselves Victor, okay? You've got a new name. Your name is Victor or Victoria, whatever you wanna prefer here today, okay? 
That's exactly what he calls us. Get rid of that Eeyore syndrome that I always talk about so often. I'll never get over it. I'll never change. I'll always be the way I am. I think I'll just keep taking negative selfies. I just found out on my phone, and my eyes are about as old as I am. So, you know, at this age and stage, they're not quite what they used to be. And I just found out that there's a magnifier on the back of, of the phone. I mean, like, in a, if you go to it, anybody, has anybody discovered that? A magnifier. I mean, it has a little glass with plus a million, you punch it. And here's the problem. I did it just yesterday. I needed to check out a label or something I couldn't read, and I punched it, and up came this picture of me. I didn't want a picture of me. I wanted a picture of what I couldn't read. I've seen this face for 67 years and counting. I know it well. God wants to give us a new name. He wants us to see ourselves as he sees us. Do you? It's Victor. It's Victoria. And I'll tell you, this self-talk has to go that doesn't align with God's word. Our negative self-talk needs to go because it does not align with God's word. The question is again, how does God see me? How does God see me? And I, I mentioned it in passing, I think just second service last week, but I found this to be so true. Some of us in the doldrums, the Eeyore syndrome, oh, woe is me, everybody doesn't treat me. Well, how would other people ever treat you right when you don't treat yourself right? Are, are you hearing me? I wanna tell you, it doesn't honor God. We would never talk about or talk to people the way we talk about ourselves or think about ourselves. No, no, no. What you think and, and see and what you talk about, you, if, if it's negative, if, if it's victim mentality, you're gonna be a target for the enemy and you're gonna think it's everybody else. But God says, I want you to be victorious. And the more you've overcome when you were victimized by people, by people in authority, whatever the case, the more God's gonna be glorified through your testimony. This is what happened, but this is who I am, living transformed in Christ. All things are possible. I hate to be so encouraging today, I'm sorry. On a rainy, gloomy Sunday morning, oh my, God wants us to say this into the mirror, into our hearts. I am a child of God, and through Jesus Christ, I am much more than a conqueror. I want everybody to repeat after me right now. I am a child of God. And through Jesus Christ, I am much more than a conqueror. I love it. You, some of you didn't do, you, you actually emphasized more. I, I like that. Not this, I'm more than a conqueror. <laughs> I'd never heard Eeyore say that. I'm more than a conqueror. God's word is powerful. God's word is powerful. I love 2 Corinthians Let's read a little more, chapter 10, for though we live in the world, we do not wage world, war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. That pretty much means blow up and wipe out. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient. It's the stray thoughts that'll get you. Huh? Every thought, captive. I love this positively aggressive language. Demolish, take captive. These are action steps God's waiting for us to take. 
4.13 in Philippians says, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. That sounds like a winner to me. How about you? That sounds like an overcomer. I can do what? Everything. Or you could say anything through Christ who gives me strength. Let's change that attitude and mindset. Never saying, I may have alluded to this, but I'm so this is so important in our pray now emphasis. Never say for a moment, don't even think, oh, back to your, the only thing we can do now is pray. <laughs> what? What are you saying? What must God be thinking when he hears his children say something like that? Prayer is never to be our last resort. It's our first option. It's our first choice, our continual choice. Our God is all present, all powerful, all knowing, all forgiving, all everything. And I guess in light of this truth, as a last resort, I must depend upon him. Come on. Did you hear the words that I read about the attributes of God? In Matthew, the disciples were getting a lesson in life, and in chapter 19, they were hearing Jesus talk, and they were astonished because he's talking about how hard it is to enter the kingdom, to follow Christ, and basically they said, who then can be saved? Jesus looked them in the eye and in the heart, and he said to them, with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. That means no matter who you are, teach, you can follow him. By the way, I went to the Worcester game uh, Friday night. I was so proud to see so many of you on the field in various ways. Sad to say that the band did much better than the football team. <laughs> but I was proud of every single one of you. I didn't get to greet you all, but so, so proud to see you there. But that he goes with us and he's in us in all those situations wherever we may be. The Bible doesn't say today that you need great faith. He said you only need faith the size of a mustard seed because God is the one that ignites the faith right? We don't have faith in faith. It's God's power. He's the one who touches it and ignites it and grows it. Because I'm a child of God. I'm more than a conqueror. I refuse to allow what someone thinks of me, says about me, does to me, to stop me from doing what God has called me to do. Because I have in Christ a positive idea, ID. I can hear someone saying, thinking out loud, well, Pastor, that's easy for you to say up there. You don't live in the real world and you never have, being a preacher's kid and all that. And I would say, I'm doing exactly what I'm doing today right now because of God's mercy and grace, because of the blood of Jesus helping me to come overcome obstacles along the way. And some of the obstacles I had to come along on the way was, were some nasty people claiming the name of Jesus in the church. No offense. If you can survive that as a pastor's kid, I mean, you can, you can go far in life. Psalm 1829. In your strength, we're looking up, not out, not down, not around. We're looking up. In your strength, oh God, I can crush an army with my God. I can scale any wall. What's your wall today? I asked you to name it earlier, that obstacle. With God, it's saying we're basically unstoppable, uncrushable. Nothing and no one can stop us, stop us from doing what God has called us to be and do. Nothing, no one can separate us from the love of Christ. Because of Jesus in you, you are more than a conqueror. You got that? That's who you are as a child of God. And secondly, not only do we need to have that attitude of faith, but we need to realize that we're not fighting in our own strength. We are supernaturally empowered. We're fighting with supernatural weapons. Did you know that? Let's go back to Corinthians 10, verse 3. 
For though we live in the world, we do, we don't wage war the way the world does. But it doesn't mean we don't fight, doesn't mean we don't stand, doesn't mean we're wimps, doesn't mean, we, doesn't mean we're cave, doesn't mean we're wind checkers, does it? Cultural wind checkers. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. That may mess with your pacifistic mindset. He wants us to demolish strongholds. Our weapons are spiritual. They have divine power. I love it. A word that is used often in this passage by scholars, dynamite. Our weapons contain God's explosive power. I've alluded to resurrection power in us that can utterly demolish, expose and demolish, blow up strongholds of the enemy. We're advised in Ephesians 6, and it's real interesting because when I hear about the, the, this passage, the full armor, I hear so much emphasis put on the shield and the buckle and all these things. No, I, I wanna read it a different way. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, and it's probably here, you may be able to stand your ground and after you've done everything, stand. How do you know it's a spiritual victory and you're an overcomer winner when you just keep standing? I mean, sometimes you may be wobbling, but just standing is a statement because you're standing on truth. Stand firm then, there it is again, verse 14. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. That's the weapon. In addition to all this, take up the shield of what? Faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Wow, supernatural weapons they are. We have at access, our access as we stand and fight, we stand in truth, righteousness, gospel, peace, faith, salvation, stand on the word of God. Is anybody having that today? Hey, came across this story of Donnie, who was addicted to alcohol. By his own words, his own testimony, this is about the blood of, the, of Jesus and the word of testimony. Basically, he said, I didn't drink a little, I was a roaring drunk. It impacted every area of my life. Outside of rehab, there was no way I could stay sober even for a day. In other words, only when he was in rehab. He said, on January 2nd of a given year, my pastor's message was first about God being first in my life. And, and, and I knew that I wasn't putting God first in this area of my life for sure. I was compartmentalizing. And I decided right then and there that I was going to quit drinking. And would you believe that the next, the topic of the pastor's next message was, I quit. It was affirming. He said, his wife and I, he said, we fasted and prayed. And he said, I literally laid this addiction before the Lord. And I love this. And he said, guess what? The Lord crushed it. Kind of quiet in here. He said, the Lord crushed it. What? The addiction that had such a hold on him. He said, God's truth. I, have I haven't even thought about alcohol in the years since. He said, I just needed God's one-step program. And he rearranged my life. When I gave it to him, he really did take what I gave him. He crushed it. God wants to do some serious crushing in your life in a good sense. I love that story. 
That's an example of God's explosive power, supernatural power that I've been talking about at work on your behalf. I gave it to God. I think we pray too many take it, take it, take it prayers. And all the while we're going like a little kid. Mine, I, it's like, I dare you God, take it, take it. No, no, he doesn't want that palms up. He wants us to give it. He will receive what we choose to give. Some of you, that's a breakthrough moment for you. You need to quit telling God to take it and you need to say, here I am. I give you me and therefore you have this. This particular addiction, whatever it may be. I love 2 Corinthians 4, verse seven. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power that I've been talking about is from God and not from us. It's not from religion, it's from relationship. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. I guess you could say today that because of God's mercy and grace, we are all cracked pots that leak Jesus. How do you know it's a really good thing to leak Jesus everywhere we go? We have great value to the Father because we, it's not about us, it's about the treasure I'm trying to tell you that we contain, the life-changing power of the gospel that brings life and light everywhere we go. And that's to shine out brightly. Yes, through the cracks and the imperfections of our lives, God gets glory. To God be the glory. Every moment, every day, we can pray this and live this. Father, bring glory to your name. A life verse for me, I quote it every chance I get, John 12, 28a. All the cracks show and that the all-surpassing power is God. It's all him. To God be the glory. All of this is possible because we've been made more than conquerors, overcomers in this life. We've been made victorious through the blood of Jesus Christ, amen? We are in Christ winners, overcomers. Let's fight with a positive, faith-filled attitude. Let's fight with the spiritual weapons that are at our disposal. Let's overcome through the power of the blood and through the power of our testimonies that point to praise and praise to God be the glory, great things he has done. 1 John 4, 4, but you belong to God. That's not automatic. It's when you respond to his grace and mercy, when you humble yourselves and come to him, say yes to him. You've already won the victory over those people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. Does anybody believe that? And his spirit is in you and with you wherever you may be in the most difficult situation. If it's in the home, it's in the family, it's at work, it's on the field, it's in the classroom, whatever. His mighty power is transformationally at work within you. Hey, this is good news I've been sharing. I worked up a sweat today and I'll do it again sharing the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we're gonna move to baptism shortly and the whole idea is this. If you haven't met Jesus, you need to say yes to him. And one of the things we do to publicly talk about the decision that we've made internally is to be baptized, a testimony before God and man. I've given myself to Jesus. I've said yes to him, no to sin, no to rebellion, yes to him and his righteousness. I'm a new person. I'm no longer a victim that I was. I'm a victor in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.